One of the keys to success for just about any endeavor in life is setting proper priorities. Proper priorities are important for having a healthy marriage, for bringing up healthy kids, and for managing a healthy family. Today, we'll be talking with Dave and Ann Wilson about some of the priorities for keeping families upright amidst the chaos of a world that has gone sideways. It's what they call vertical marriage, and that's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. Our goal is to take what we're learning each day and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, when looking to Shepherds Hill Academy for help, you say many parents have told you that they love their kids more than anything in the world. And they will also often tell you that their kids are the most important thing in their lives. And as noble as that sounds, you really have a bit of a problem with that, don't you? Yeah, well, you know, Michelle, to be fair, sometimes it's just their way of conveying their sincere love for their child. Uh, they aren't really thinking about the implications of their words. Mm-hmm. Other times, though, I do have a problem with parents saying these things because a growing contingent of parents today actually do mean it. Their kids really are the most important thing in their lives. They really do love them more than anything in the world. Uh, these parents have bought into a, a child-centric model for family, whether uh, they're aware of it or not. I see this as a growing fundamental error in too many of today's families, and, and this definitely includes Christian families. And yes, it does sound noble to say that your child's the most important thing in your life. But if that's truly the case, it begs the question, where does that leave the spouse on that parent's priority list? Uh, but the even greater question is, where does that leave God in the rankings? God can't bless a family that, you know, when that family's ecosystem is based on a systemic violation of the very first commandment and or violation of the fifth commandment, for that matter, which is the very first horizontal commandment in what is known as the Ten Commandments. Well, folks, I've confused you. Today's guests are going to help us flesh all that out. (laughs) Well, and our guests today are Dave and Ann Wilson. They are speakers and authors. They are co-founders of Kensington Church, a national multi-campus church based in the Detroit area, hosts of the radio program Family Life Today, and Dave and Ann have been married for more than 38 years and have spent the last 33 teaching and mentoring couples and parents across the country. They are also featured speakers at Family Life's Weekend to Remember, and they also host their own marriage conferences across the country. They have three grown sons and a growing number of grandchildren. Welcome back, Dave and Ann. Glad to be back. We're excited to be back with you. It's great to have you guys. Uh, So Dave, first of all, tell us a little about your book, Vertical Marriage, and why this concept of vertical marriage is crucial for having not only a blessed marriage, but how such a marriage has always been understood to be uh, more likely to cultivate a blessed child-rearing experience. Well, Vertical Marriage, uh, the book came out in 2018, I think, before the world went crazy. And um, it's a long story, but the gist of it is uh, we've been married now 43 years. And at year 10, 
Uh, I was the Detroit Lions chaplain. We just moved to Detroit a few years before that, and we're about to launch our church, which is now 34 years old. And uh, Anne said to me on our 10-year anniversary date that she had lost her feelings for me. And we almost lost our marriage. And the short story is God showed up, did a miracle, and reminded us that uh, you're not going to save your marriage horizontally by, you know, being a better husband or wife. That's important. But Jesus has to be first. You have to put him in control, build your your, your life on the rock of Jesus. Amen. And it's a long story, but that all happened on a date in a Honda Accord in a parking lot as we uh, sort of were ending our date, and we both ended up resurrending our life and our marriage to God. And vertical means, man, you go vertical with your relationship with Jesus and put Him first, then the horizontal can be, uh, it can work after you first go vertical. And I, I think I was struggling with exactly what you're talking about. I had... And I didn't, it's easy how it can just slip and slide in terms of making your walk with God the priority and the center of your life. Like I would say when we got married, Jesus was king, he was Lord, but then you get busy, you have kids and you're Mm -hmm. tired. We had two little kids at the time and somewhere along the line, I had taken my eyes off of Jesus and to fulfill me. And I put them on Dave thinking, if you would just get your act together, I would be happy not realizing I'd made my marriage an idol. And I think it's really easy Mm. to not only do that with your marriage, but with your kids too. Because we think when our eyes aren't on Jesus, they go to the people around us thinking we're going to find fulfillment there. And it doesn't work. Right, right. So as pastors, uh, do you, you know, we we were talking in the opening uh, about, uh, making idols out of our own kids. Um, do you find that a child-centric approach to raising kids to be as big a problem today with the, f- the folks that you're ministering to as, as I've experienced it to be? I think it's worse today than it has been yeah. in the past. It's really interesting being our age just to kind of watch this transition. And it's always been a battle. But I feel like even more today, parents are locking in on their kids' um, trying to find their fulfillment. I mean, as you know, some, in some ways it's crazy. We have four-year-olds playing t-ball and soccer. And again, I'm not saying <laughs> that's not a you know wonderful thing. We had a, you know, we, I coached high school football here in Michigan for years and one of our sons went all the way to the, to the NFL. And so, you know, we were a sports-minded family, but I'm telling you, we're watching our grandson play soccer and they're holding the hand of their parents as they walk around the field. It's like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, okay, it's a little too young, but that's the focus of our world now. It's like we it want to is. give them the yeah. best opportunity ever, and it can become like an idol. If my kid's not the best athlete or the best scholar or the best, I mean, it's just crazy how much emphasis we put on that. And again, I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's wonderful, but man, you got to get it in perspective. Right. So what is one of the first steps in putting it in perspective once you realize that you have either made your child or your spouse an idol, what do you need to do with that? Mm. I think maybe just recognize it at first, even to ask yourself where, well, here's a good question to ask. What do I think about most of the time? 
What are the things Ooh. I worry about most of the time? What keeps me up at night? Yeah. And honest, I'm just going to say, man, I've got some grandkids and, and adult kids and daughter-in-laws. I can put my focus on them. I can think about them, even still put that before my marriage. Mm. And, and don't, don't, uh, don't think I haven't told her that. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I mean, I was like, those grandkids are more important than me. And I've felt that. And oh, it's easy as a parent or now as a grandparent to do that. And again, they're wonderful. They're awesome. But I really think even as a family, I would say to young families, you know, you've got toddlers in the home. Look at the calendar and say, what shows up as most important? Are you skipping church for a sporting event? And again, I was mm -hmm. a chaplain in the NFL. I know we played on Sundays, so I get it. But, uh, you know, are you are you do are you doing date nights with your spouse to get away and say our marriage is more important than our kids? And again, I know there's probably some parents mad at me right now. But I tell you what, your kids and we know now we have three grown sons married, six grandkids. They want mom and dad to have a great marriage. They are longing right. for mom and dad to have a great marriage. A great marriage takes a lot of work. You know, it's funny you should, you should talk about this stuff because as soon as I leave here, uh, <laughs> I'm going uh, to um, meet my wife who, by the time I get there, is going to have five of my grandkids uh, <laughs> there for the rest of the day and overnight. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to brace myself for this without having to look at each one of them like, you little homewrecker, you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Women don't say this. Grandmas don't say this. this is what no, they grandma. don't. I know. It's like, you know, the, the honeymoon is definitely over. And by the way, f uh, 43 years uh, is exactly, well, I tell, this is a joke. It's an ongoing joke. I tell people I've been happily married for 40 years. I've been married for 43 years, but happily married for 40 years. <laughs> so you got married in 1980, huh? In 1980, uh, we just celebrated our 43rd uh, on the 23rd of August. Yep. Wow, mm. good for you. Yep. So, you know, when a, when a parent's putting his or her child or grandchildren ahead of uh, her spouse in love and time and attention, or at least that's how it can seem. How does the offended parent <laughs> convince the offending parent that this is actually happening? Because uh, there tends to be a little bit of a denial situation going on a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you understand this as well. Oh boy, do I. <laughs> I really think, and this is where our own personal walks with Jesus come in. Like when I'm with Jesus and I'm, daily recommitting like, Lord, I, re I give you my life. I give you all of the things that you've given me. I don't want anything to come before that. So if that's my prayer and my priority is always being in the word. So then when Dave comes to me and says, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. I have a better chance then of taking it to the Lord. Like, Lord, like, is this true? Is this something that I need to realign? And I think it's harder for me now as a grandmother because time is fleeting. You know, I'm at, the, mm -hmm. I'm at my best with my grandkids. I didn't feel that as much with my kids. And with, with kids, with our kids, I knew like, man, I need to keep my marriage to the forefront because our kids are going to be gone and I want to have a great right. friendship with Dave. And we do. Like, we've got a great friendship. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, my answer would be you really, really got to keep talking mm -hmm. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Share what you're feeling. Share what you're seeing. 
I do think, as we said earlier, you got to pull out the calendar and say, okay, are our priorities reflected here? And if they aren't, how do we balance mm-hmm. this thing out? And I also know we just uh, interviewed Mark Gregston on Family Life Today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's phenomenal and he's written books on grandparenting. And one of the things he reminded us of is they're going to, these grandkids are going to hit teenage years and they're not going to want you as much. Yeah. That's exactly so right. You know, we're in the stage where they are wanting to be at our house every second. They're texting us right now during this interview <laughs> saying, you know, Nani and Poppy, can we come over? And, yeah. you know, in some ways you want to celebrate those days because they're going to go by quicker than we know. And the teenage yeah. years for them are going to be here and we're going to still be in their life, but not daily like we are now with two grandkids right. about five miles away. So in some ways you want to seize the moment, but the other ways you got to do just what you did when you're, you know, before you had grandkids is you yeah. got to make your marriage a priority and, and, I, that's, and that's hard work. And I do think the best gift we gave our kids was that we, they knew that our marriage was a priority. We had date nights, mm-hmm. we were together and that makes a sure. difference. Yeah. You model it out before them. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've told my kids from the time they could talk, you know, uh, you're, you're third of my life, Junior. Uh, you're in a five-way tie for a third of my life. And if you and mom are dr- drowning uh, in, a, in a lake and I can only uh, save one, uh, you better learn to swim. I'm going after mom. She was here when you got here. She'll be here when you leave. And, you know, they're good with it. They're, they're totally cool with being third. We're talking with Dave and Ann Wilson today on Licensed to Parent. We'll be back with more of our conversation next. Stay tuned. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherds Hill by going to licensedtoparent.org. Today, we are talking with Dave and Ann Wilson, and they've written the book, Vertical Marriage. And just before the break, Ann, you were talking about how, as parents, you need to have priority in the word daily. Um, and that is going to flesh out through our marriage, through our child rearing, through everything. But the priority of being in the word daily is hard when you've got toddlers running around or you have teenagers running around and you're carting them from game to game to game. So help moms understand what does priority in the word look like on a daily basis? I wish I could say I'm just so disciplined that I do it every day, but I do it every day because I'm desperate. I think we live in a time where everything is pulling at us, and I want my life Mm -hmm. and my family to be grounded on God's Word. The great Mm -hmm. thing about being a young mom today is there are so many different ways to be in the Word. I mean, you you have Bible apps that can read the Word to you. So I, if I were a young mom and I just didn't have time, I would, I'd be listening to that in the car. And I actually did do that when our kids were little, although they were on like CDs in the car. But I'd listen to the word. I'd have Bibles all over the place in my house, you know, and, and the kids would know they still do. I've gone through the one year Bible for, I think that I'm on my 16th year. So I'll read through the whole Bible. Oh, wow. And they know, oh, there's mom's Bible, because not Mm -hmm. because I'm so spiritual, but because I need to be recentered every day when the world Mm -hmm. is pulling me away. And I I mean, if we aren't intentional, we'll have the world discipling us instead of Jesus. Yeah, and I can, you know, as her husband tell you, she is not, she's not blowing smoke at all every single day day I see her in the Word. When we get in the car to go on a trip, she's like, hey, I'm going to read the Bible out loud to you. She <laughs> loves to read the Bible out loud. And he hates it. And I'm like, really? Um, yeah. And so our kids, yeah, they really did see that. It wasn't a show like, hey, I'm doing this so they can see it. But they knew that mom and dad, uh, their life is centered mm-hmm. on the Word of God. And I think, too, the praying part like I would just pray all, the, I still do this with them and with our grandkids. I When we're in the car, I mean, you've got a captive audience. So I'm praying for them. I'm praying out loud. If they're not listening to me, that's okay. But I'm just talking to Jesus all throughout the day. When I'm mm. folding laundry, the people that I'm folding clothes, I'm praying for them. When I'm doing dishes, I feel like, okay, this is a time I'm repenting of the things that I feel like, oh, Lord, man, I messed up with this today. And so as we have kids and we get so busy, maybe you don't have that half hour or hour, even 15 minutes just to sit with Jesus, but you're in the car, you're in carpool lines, you're, you can be in a place where you can listen to God's word or even pray. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, your Bibles being out there and you being in the word and, and all that, I think that really is exposing to your children, your heart. Mm-hmm. And I think when we do become, uh, and we all do to some degree or another, become hip- hypocritical in, in the actual, you know, activities of our life sometimes, that th- they can refer back to that and, and know that that's, that's not where my mom or my dad uh, really are coming from. Um, mm-hmm. And especially when we, you know, apologize to her. Some of the most intimate times and best times I've had with my kids is when I've screwed up 
major league. Yes. And I've had to go back to them and say, would you please forgive dad for what mm. I said there? That, that, that did not come, came out of my mouth, but it didn't come out of, come, you know, from the spirit of God that he was supposed to be living in me. But uh, can, can we... And that tru- speaks volumes. That speaks volumes to a kid who it hears does. that. They're like, oh, wow. Yeah, and even here at Shepherd's Hill, you know, we... There are times when you know our, uh, one of our counselors might blow it or something, and and you know they know that they they're going to have to humble themselves before God and before the kid, uh, and, and sometimes before the whole group. Uh, there's healing in that, and and yeah. kids are very resilient. They can bounce back if they know that the standard hasn't changed. It's just that you know uh, we expose a little bit of our humanity. I think too to open the door to our kids to allow them to speak into our lives. I remember sure. saying when, even when they were teenagers, guys, is there anything that you see dad and I doing that's just, you're, you're bothered by it or you're frustrated with it. That's and good. I felt like that was really helpful for them. I think one time one of our sons said, I think it's ridiculous that I'm in high school and you want me to go to bed at a certain time. I should be able to figure that out. And Dave and I said, yeah, you're totally right. But there's another thing that he said, he goes, and I think it's really dumb that we can't have girls at the house when we're here alone and you and dad are gone. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that was not changing. <laughs> but we did talk about why, you know. So I think it's good to get your kids input or even like, do you think mm. I'm angry all the time? Yeah, yeah, I think those are good conversations. Yeah. We have a thing here at Shepherd's Hill we call uh, accountability meetings. And they're every Monday. And it's a chance for the kids to... Uh, confess and repent uh, to one another for things that took place during the week. Uh, and, but it's also a time for uh, some of our, our counselors and field staff to to share what, you know, maybe some of the things that they never even articulated but have been thinking. Uh, and, it, 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 you know, it, it's easy to get lose your cool when a kid's dissing you like no one's business, you know. Mm. And these accountability sessions are are really, really, really important. And, you know, we try to stress to our, our team and to our kids and our families, basically there's three steps to, to healing. And it's, it's pretty much, you know, you confess it, you repent of it, and you bring forgiveness into the equation. And uh, there's a lot of things in between all those, but that's basically it. And it usually works itself out pretty well and gives uh, uh, people a chance to kind of open up and... Uh, Share their uh, their their deepest thoughts and ideas about each other and God and you know their families and it, it works out pretty well. Um, can, can but can we can we truly be an optimum parent without first being an optimum spouse or an optimum child of God? Yeah, I would I'd I would say what we said earlier. No, you have to put your marriage first, and I'm telling you what that is a fight. Because, you know, your kids and now even grandkids have schedules and demands and a lot of things going on in their life. And I think, again, you have to put it on the calendar in pen, not in pencil. And, you know, schedule. I mean, we wrote in our book, Vertical Marriage, that the rhythms that you need to have that we want to have to make a great marriage is pray daily, date weekly, retreat annually. So it's yeah. like every day, what would it look like if you were praying together? What would it look like if you had a date night or a date breakfast or whatever you want to do every single week? It's the Sabbath principle from the Ten Commandments that we need to rest. So you need to build, pour into your marriage. And then once you're here, get away without the kids. I'd say take a vacation with the kids. But once a year, just you and your wife, you and your husband pull away and say, we're going to spend a weekend or a couple of days focusing on the most important relationship 
in our life second to Jesus, and that's our marriage because our kids need us to work on our marriage. Yeah. For the husband or wife who, who deeply loves his or her spouse, but over the years has come to realize that they, you know, they, they just can't seem to agree on virtually anything anymore, including the best way to raise their kids, what counsel do you have for that couple, generically speaking? Hmm. It's funny. I feel like I was there in year 10 in terms of I just saw the negative in Dave. And mm-hmm. it's interesting with all the brain science that they're realizing and seeing now. It's all, it's you create a neurological pathway that you just get in a rut where you're seeing the negative, yep. you're thinking the negative, you're saying the negative. I mm-hmm. feel like I was right there. And I remember asking God, like, God, I, I have to, it's Romans. I need you to transform and renew my mind because, yeah. Lord, the way I'm seeing it right now, Dave is failing as a husband and Dave is failing as a spouse. And so my first step was, Lord, I resurrender. I give you my mind, my heart. Help me to see Dave the way you created him. Let me see the greatness in him. It's kind of like renewing. That's that renewing your 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 brain pathways. So I remember started. I started just trying to see the positive and asking God to help me, and then saying the positive. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. How that changed it for me, at least that yeah. changed everything. Yeah, you know, obviously I was on the other side of that, and when she started speaking life instead of death, you know, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the power of life and death mm-hmm. is in the tongue. She started speaking life to me. I became a better man. I was like, wow, yeah. she sees something good in me rather than critiquing me every day and trying to be my mom, and no guy wants to be married to his mom, and you know, I was spending more time at at church and at the office because those people were speaking life and I came home and heard that. Man, I tell you, I, I was running home because I mm-hmm. felt like, wow, she sees great. I mean, in fact, Ann's working right now on a book and we don't know the title yet, but it's going to be something like how to build your man up when all you want to do is yell at him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's sort go. of what happened. It literally revolutionized our marriage. And I think it's true mm. both ways as men or husbands do the same Instead of seeing the bad and seeing the negative, see the positive and speak it out, and it, it mm-hmm. can change the atmosphere in a home and in a, in a marriage. And it doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth, but we just, for me, it, I had to go before Jesus and say, Lord, should I say it? And if he gives me the mm-hmm. green light, then it has to be, how should I say it and when should I say it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Even the the fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut, right? Yeah, exactly. And as a man thinks, so is he. So is he. Well, and that also shows, Anne, that you have been in the Word and have been actively listening to what Christ has been imparting on your heart Mm. for quite a while in order for you to hear those red flags or Mm. those yellow, hear him say, hey, stop, don't go, don't talk. As I said, Michelle, I'm desperate (laughs) because sometimes (laughs) the things that come out of my mouth and in my mind are not good. And so I need Mm -hmm. Jesus to transform that. Yeah. Dave and Ann, this has been a great conversation and I'm sure so helpful for the moms and dads who are listening right now. So thank you so much for your ministry and just how you guys are living out your walks with Jesus. Absolutely. Thank you for the transparency too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be with you. Well, our guests today on Licensed to Parent were Dave and Ann Wilson. You can find out more about the Wilsons on their social media at Dave Ann Wilson, or you can go to familylife.com. 
Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. If you are dealing with a troubled teen, Shepherds Hill Academy is here to help. You can contact us today by going to licensedtoparent.org. And you know what? God is working miracles here at Shepherds Hill Academy. And for over 20 years, students have been getting some serious help and have been turning their lives over to God. Would you consider being a part of what God is doing in the lives of our kids here at Shepherds Hill? Your support can make a profound difference in the lives of a struggling teen and their family, helping them find health, healing, growth, and a path toward success. A financial gift of any amount would help us tremendously, and you can donate online, licensedtoparent.org, and click the donate button. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parents. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.